I'm Regina Botras and welcome backstage where we talk with theatre makers from actors, directors, writers, theatre heads and beyond about their life in the theatre and how they got to be where they are now. In this podcast is the fabulous Genevieve Lemon. This first went to air on the 26th of August 2020. She is one of my favourite actors. She's been in everything from The Young Doctors and Prisoner to Secret River and Rake on TV, films from Sweetie to Holy Smoke, The Dressmaker and Ladies in Black, quite a few Jane Campion films in there and theatre, which is what we're here to talk about this evening, with Steaming in the 80s, multiple awards for Billy Elliot, the musical in the 90s. I've seen her in many productions, including Belvoir's Death of a Salesman and A Taste of Honey, and my all-time favourite role, is Martha in Edward Albee's Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf at the Ensemble and recently on stage at Riverside this weekend, just gone. Welcome to Stages, Genevieve Lemon. Regina, it is lovely to be with you today. So before we get into what's happening now in theatre and for you, I want to get a little idea of how you got to where you are. So where are you from? I'm from Narrabeen in the Northern Beaches and... I grew up there on Narrabeen Lake in a, a fabulous childhood in the 60s and 70s and um, I still love that area. It's a beautiful, beautiful part of, part of town, part of Sydney. It's gorgeous. Tell me about what it was like growing up for you. Look, it was gorgeous. We were literally um, on the lake, our house back down onto the lake. It was one of those glorious parts of town where you'd come home and jump in the lake and we were 10 minutes walk from the beach so that was very handy as well and we we had a boat that my brothers and I used to take out and occasionally sink for fun. <laughs> were your parents creative? My dad was a, a TV director. He worked <gasps> mainly in advertising and in promotional films for the in-house, what you'd call in-house training and that sort of thing, I think. Mm-hmm. But he won a lot of awards in the in the 60s and 70s for Coca-Cola commercials. He did Benson and Hedges with Stuart Wagstaff. He did a lot of advertising campaigns. Did he use you? Did Were you, like, featuring in any of those early? No, Regina, this, <laughs> Regina, this is what I think led to my career because I was desperate to be in something and... <gasps> My dad didn't like working with children. (laughs) (laughs) Or animals. So exactly. So I never got into it as a kid and it just never went away. So it it just got bigger and bigger in me, that that desire to do something. And when people would say to me, what are you going to do when you grow up? I'd say, I'm going to be an actor and a singer. And sometimes I'd say, I'm going to be a vet. But unfortunately, I just went with the first two and so um. You know, I never had the career as a vet that was obviously lying dormant all these years. (laughs) (laughs) Did you, like, so did you grow up acting and singing or, or, you know, because? There wasn't that much um, because my dad had vetoed it. There wasn't much Mm. that came my way. I took up the guitar as soon as I could around the age of 12. And did a lot of entertaining at school. My hand was the first one in the air whenever we needed a volunteer to read something or perform something or sing something. And I used to sing at all the school. In high school, I'd be 
out there whenever there was a high school assembly of any kind, usually singing Timey Kangaroo Down Sport or um, My Boomerang Won't Come Back or something religious. So that must have been lovely for the teachers. They must have been well sick of me by then. (laughs) (laughs) So do you remember, like, seeing theatre growing up? Yes, Mum took me to the theatre. I remember seeing, well, it wasn't Bell Shakespeare in those days, but I remember seeing As You Like It with John Bell. And Mum took me to Russian ballet. Anything Mum did culturally very important, she always took me because she knew how much I loved it. And, you know, Catholic schools used to take you off to see the odd thing at the theatre. I saw something at the Opera House Obviously, that would have been in the 70s when it opened. Um, yeah, bits and pieces here and there. So, um, and I loved it all. I just mm-hmm. just ate it up like a, like a bowl of ice cream. I loved it so much. So, how did it come to be? You know, did you go and study? What? How did you? You know, start out in in your career once you decide, like once you were allowed to, or go, you know, go, <laughs> yeah, let loose. Both my parents loved the idea, I think, but also insisted that I have a fallback position. Mm. So um, when I finished school, I ended up with a teacher's college scholarship, a, a Catholic teaching scholarship. So that paid for me to do my BA dip ed, which was wonderful. Even in the in the era of Gough Whitlam, I, um, mm. I had the scholarship. So that was fantastic. I ended up living on campus at the University of New South Wales in International House and at our final valedictory dinner, I was dancing with a, a student called John Misto, and he was writing at that point. He's still a writer. He practices law, but he's also a writer of television and film and theatre. And in those days, he, he was writing for a show which you won't remember called The Young Doctors. Of course I remember. <laughs> he said to me, <laughs> do you do comedy? And I said, do I do comedy? (laughs) He said, there's a role that you could go for that I've just written in The Young Doctors and spoke to the casting lady and in I went without an agent. Because in those days you had to be a member of Actors' Equity, but you couldn't be a member of Equity unless you had a professional gig. So I've got my Equity card from 1981 which is when I did my first episode of The Young Doctors and two episodes turned into the final year by the time that year had come and gone. Uh, Young Doctors was finishing. Uh, I was there in the last episode. There was a party scene and all of us were allowed in, even though we weren't in the episode, we were allowed to come come and be part of the party. I think I remember that. Oh, you're joking. No. You're a lot lot older than you sound, Gina. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I was also at that stage, I'd already performed and was performing in Rodney Fisher's production of Steaming, the original production of Steaming, which was starring Gwen Plum, who was also in Young Doctors, of course, and Amanda Muggleton, who at that stage had been um, very well known for doing Prisoner. She was the original Chrissy Latham in prisoner so i was doing that show which took me all around australia and what you obviously not saying is that you were naked on stage <laughs> we were it was set in a, in a london bathhouse and even as late as the 70s and 80s londoners who didn't have hot running water in their flats mm. would go to the public bathhouse where they could go in the heated water and have a steam 
And um, that's exactly what the writer did, Nell Dunn, when her marriage broke up. She was so floundering and lost that she used to go to the steam bath to be with other women and just talk. And she ended up writing this fantastic play. Mm. Um, Even though she was already well known for writing films like Poor Cow and Up the Junction, she wrote this fabulous play, which uh, I'm sure it changed her life in many ways, and it certainly changed mine. I was playing a young, that's stage they said a retarded girl but she was very developmentally delayed she lived with her elderly mum and um, she was based on a character that Nell had met in the bathhouse who used to come with her mother and eventually while she was writing the play the daughter had a, a fit of some kind in in bed they slept together these two rather large women slept together in a bed upstairs and Nell had been to their flat and she'd seen the snow which used to come in through a hole in the in the roof onto the staircase and gone upstairs to to where they slept together anyway my character the the woman upon which my character was based had a fit and fell out of bed and she died actually and the mother was so distraught that she thought that people would come into the house and think that she had mistreated her daughter. And so she wanted to get her back on the bed at least. And in doing so, she strained herself so badly that she was dead within a couple of days. So that was the story of the two women. But this character really literally changed my life. We played Sydney and Melbourne a couple of times. We played Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, Canberra. And a lot of people came to see that show because it it not only had naked women, which is I'm sure what got a lot of <laughs> in the door, but it was a beautifully written show and it was very, very funny and, and my character was in turn hilarious and, and but ultimately very, very touching and triumphant and it was just a gift of a role that Rodney Fisher put me on the the very first rung even though I was doing Young Doctors he really gave me that step up so I owe him and I owe those those women in that play so much it was a a fantastic career starter if you like for me really really great. So was it just about because you were performing and performing around the country or was it about solidifying you as an actor or what was it about it it? was everything I mean it it taught me how to be in a company for 12 months it's very rare that you will do a play for that particularly a straight play often musicals go longer but um, certainly these days you rarely get a play which will go on and on like that it came back as well a couple of years later we um we did it again and um it was just a yeah, so it was a fabulous learning curve for me to know this is the business, this is how professionals work, and and all those things which I didn't get, um, you know, studying teaching at university. I did try to go to NIDA. I auditioned three times, but it never happened. Yeah, I think the combination of the young doctors and, and steaming served me very well as a as a an entree into the business. More fool them for not taking you. <laughs> but do you, so. <laughs> do you think also you were learning from others? Like I, I wanted to ask about mentors, but how you learnt the craft then, if you weren't traditionally trained or acting school wise? Absolutely. Well, I I did jump over another aspect the whole time I was at university I was working in town with an amateur theatre group called the Rocks Players who began life in the Rocks down near Sydney Harbour 
And that was fantastic too because we played Shakespeare, we played kids' shows, we did pub theatre, we did musicals, we did everything. And, of course, that was the situation where you'd stage manage one show and then you'd go back and be the star in the next show or you'd play a supporting role in one and then the lead in the next. And So that was fantastic theatre etiquette as well because we worked very, very hard and we thought we were professional, even though we weren't. We took it all very seriously, made the sets, you know, sold the tickets. We did everything. It was a, it, it was a fantastic training ground as well. So, and I had worked at school just in my local boys' high school, which my both my brothers went to. They had a fantastic drama department. So I, I started even earlier with with Barry Hayes at Saint Augustine's Theatre, mm-hmm. which was fabulous too. We did the Matchmaker, we did the Playboy of the Western World, we did Hamlet. So I, I had wonderful times at the theatre. You're listening to Stages. I'm Regina Botras, and I am talking with the absolutely wonderful Genevieve Lemon. So do you tend to, like a lot of the roles that you've spoken about and that I've seen are quite really, you know, strong women or if not strong, have power in their own right. Do you think that's something about you and have you ever turned a role down? Look, let's be honest, in Australia you really, unless you're, you know, very well known and, and very powerful yourself, I don't think you tend to turn a lot of theatre down. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, I don't think I've ever done a role I didn't want to do. I always feel incredibly lucky to be working. And I mean, particularly at a time like this, where, um, I mean, hopefully coming to the, to the end, but we've come to that end before and then, you know, another hot spot has popped up. It's, it's, it's horrible. It's, it's disheartening. It's, you can't get an audience into a theatre at this stage. We, we don't know when that's going to happen. So along with all the tragedy of people's lives and health, we have the, uh, the people who aren't allowed to work at all. People who make their living out of live theatre are amongst those at the moment. And the theatre companies are valiantly trying to keep their staff working, yes. their permanent staff, and yeah. make plans. And so far the plans have been rolling along and then not coming to fruition. So they move on to the next project. They roll that along and then that doesn't come to fruition. Belvoir Street and Sydney Theatre Company have announced plays coming up at the end of the year Mm. and uh, we can only, you know, cross our fingers and hope that these small cast things that are being put on, I Mm. think for the purpose of, you know, they they have to social distance their audience so they're only going to get a percentage of what they normally would expect from an audience. So they have to keep their cast very small, keep the crew very small and hope that they can somehow make it work. Mm. So we're all, we're all fingers crossed and, and watching and um, people are buying tickets, which is fantastic. Yeah. As you mentioned, I just did perform on the weekend at the Riverside and um, that was a live streamed production, which you know, you can do a lot more easily with cabaret than you can with a theatre production. We had seven cameras. It was fantastic. The cameras could move in and out a little bit. But also we had a tiny, tiny audience of of 20 hand-picked Parramatta Riverside patrons, including the mayor and lady mayor of Parramatta were there. Mm. And that was fantastic. They were sitting up there in the front. Over to my left, I had, speaking of steaming, I had Rodney Fisher and Amanda Muggleton sitting in the front row as well. 
So it was fabulous to have those people there that we could talk to and hear and they could applaud as valiantly as they possibly could in that tiny tiny little company of audience. But we did have the, the added luxury of all the people at home. So that was fantastic. It was really, really exciting. Yeah, it sounds fabulous. What is that relationship between the actor and the director? You've worked a number of times with Jane Campion and, you know, not only on film but on stage and, you know, you, Rodney Fisher and Amanda Muggleton, they're there in the audience after all, all this time. Like what is that? Is that a, just because you feel like a family or what is it? It is, I guess. It's because you you know that you can trust people. You know you can um, use shorthand with them. You know you know what they're going to bring to the stage, really, which a lot of younger directors have no idea. Younger directors don't know the older actors, so it's just as well. I was lucky enough to work with people like Rodney Fisher, Robin Nevin, people who who do come back and back, and um, yeah. I've been extremely lucky in my career. Um, was there a role that was particularly difficult for you that you've played? Particularly difficult. I've had a couple in recent years, funnily enough, which have been bigger scripts than anything else I'd worked on, including you mentioned Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf <gasps> and that and Taste of Honey that I did at Belvoir were really quite meaty roles. And I learnt the hard way with both of those roles that I have to do a lot more line learning out of the theatre than I used to do. So um, I got there in the end, thankfully, but I think I drove the actors and directors almost near to complete lunacy because of my misbehaviour. But I I certainly have learnt the lesson now that I have to do a lot more work before the theatre because previously you just walk in and, and learn your lines as you were rehearsing a role as you went through it. But yeah, now that I'm older, Regina, (laughs) I found that I can't rely on that anymore. So I have to do a lot more work beforehand when I have a a bigger role. I'm glad you saw Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and Taste of Honey. They were great productions and I love doing them both. And Martha is just one of the golden roles for a woman, I imagine, like to, you know, she's got so much power and she's got so much depth and there's so much psychology in that play and the language, you know. I think our, our directors were right on to that. Just a brilliant, brilliant thinker that Ian was and we loved it. We mm. just loved working with him and being challenged by him and he had a lot of you know younger younger man's ideas and fantastic fantastic ideas yeah and going from that to oh talking about that not going in reverse um to something like billy elliott which is so big and like it's just a completely different experience the trouble with those big musicals when they come to Australia, they've often been performed once or twice overseas and the directors are very, very set in their ways and with a huge concern like Billy Elliot, which has three teams of ten ballet girls and all those extra Billies who are rehearsing constantly, the Michaels who have to be rehearsed constantly because the boys can't work there forever. The girls also go into turnover once they start getting too tall and just growing out of the roles. It's huge. It could feel like a production line if you weren't careful and we Mm. we got to work with the most 
fabulous uh, directors from overseas and, of course, very, very luckily for me, they all said, well, we want you to do the role elsewhere. We're going to take you to New York. We're going to take you to London. And that did actually for once that turned into the reality of performing Mrs. Wilkinson on the West End. So that was fantastic. I think I did a thousand performances and I could have gone on. I, I loved it, loved it so much. Wow. And how is that sort of being performing on an international stage, but also, you know, London theatre? I thought the London cast, being about five years in by that stage, four mm. or five years they doing it, and some of them had been there for that whole time. And, you know, everyone always wants to say, how was it working with the English cast? Were they, did you find it different? Did you find mm. the experience more rewarding? And I'd have to be honest and say, no, not at all. Our, our, our Australian team here were just as everything, just as inventive, just as brilliant, just as committed, just as lazy, just as, you know, just as whatever adjective you're going to say, some some parts of your experience. And I think the ratios of the the Eve, the Eve Harringtons, you know, you get oh, yeah. as many Eve Harringtons here as you do there and people who are just strolling through the roles and not not pulling their weight and people who just want to have a laugh on stage. And, mm. of course, you can't do that in Billy Elliot because there's too many children around and on your game more than ever because these kids are just soaking everything up and you want them to turn out to be fantastic professionals, which they are at the age of 12. You don't want anything to change that. And so um, they were just stunning. These these boys were extraordinary. And being in the position of the dance teacher to these boys, yeah. I was also their teacher off stage. And <laughs> and the director said to me, you know, you're you're the only person apart from directors who can give the boys notes. But I have to say, in three years of performing the role, I had to go and speak to those boys well less than ten times. All the different boys. I mean, they were they were they were rarely off their marks and mm. I don't mean that literally I mean in, in any sense did I need to go and speak to them and say is there something we need to rehearse or I think you're losing your laugh because of this there were so few times I had to speak to them they were all completely professional and completely onto their on their game you know see dad <laughs> back to your father being in tv yeah see <laughs> like, um and we should mention all about Eve. Eve Harrington is that <laughs> reference. What do you think is um? What advice would you give, or you know, what's important to survive as a performer or an actor? Is you know more than just about technique? Is it about that relationship? Is it about what is it about for you? Look, I think just just keep an open mind. Keep keep listening. Keep learning your lines she says was a big asterisk beside her name <laughs> in the book of black marks <laughs> you know you you've got to keep on top of your game whatever that involves physically and mentally mm. i've been through that black hole and i know that i must never let that happen again so but keeping an open mind keeping cheerful being good to get on with all these things are very important and some people aren't like that but i tell you what if, if you're not you have to be at the top of your game otherwise people won't want to work with you again so it's it's just a lot easier I think to be easy to get along with and and be happy to be there very early on a, a, a dear friend of mine David Whitney and I as young actors in the business we were having a session once and, and complaining about 
some of the older actors in the room and saying, oh, all they do is sit there and whinge and we, we made a pact that we'd never be the older actors sitting in the corner whinging and going on and on about things. So um, I'm pleased to say that neither of us has succumbed to that yet and I hope <laughs> neither of us ever does because it's such a joyous place to be, a rehearsal room, mm. and, you know, you want to keep it that way for everybody and just be, be part of that team because the team is everything in theatre. Oh, Genevieve Lemon, thank you so much for your time this evening. You are so welcome, Regina. It's been delightful to talk to you and we love 2SER who are always so supportive and, you know, keep the business in in everybody's minds at at this time more important than ever. So thanks for all the work you do as well. One of the darlings of Sydney theatre, Genevieve Lemon, 